In this episode of Monday Moments, we're talking about being born again, so stick around and stay tuned for more. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Monday Moments, the show in which we take a deeper dive into Sunday's sermon. My name is Travis, your host. With me today is Pastor Dennis. We are continuing our sermon series on the prodigal reborn. And uh, in this message, you continued um, expounding a little bit more on the prodigal son, um, but really focusing in on that scripture verse of, you know, the the father saying, this was my son who was dead and is now alive again and yeah. seg- segueing into John chapter three. So I wondered yeah. if maybe you might start us off by just giving us a quick recap. And then uh, if you had to say, what was the big idea? Yeah. Uh, the passage from the prodigal son is interesting because it really actually, the, the father actually does say, my son who is dead is now alive. Mm-hmm. He's born again in essence. And it wasn't an uncommon thought in Judaism at the day. Um, the problem is, is that when Jesus used the term with Nicodemus, when he said born again, he wasn't using the same idea that, for example, a proselyte, someone who was Jewish or who was a Greek, was becoming a Jew. They would say that uh, if he wanted to become a Jew, he was going to be born again. It wasn't the same term. What Jesus was saying was that in order to really have this relationship with God, that you had to be born from above, not born from intellect, not born from obedience to the law, not born from good works, not born from any other way except born from above. It had to be a a completely different. So the whole idea is is that in today's world, it's not unlike uh, in any part of the church where you will find lots of people who still have it in their mind uh, that if I do enough good things, if I participate in religion, if I believe the right things, if I, if I uh, 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 go to the right church, if I carry the right Bible, whatever it is, that that is sufficient in order to have this relationship with God. And Jesus was very clear. He said, Nicodemus, unless you're born again, mm-hmm. unless you're born again, so that's the big idea. Yeah, and Paul echoes that later in the New Testament when he says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. A the new old, creation, the old yes. is gone, the new has come. Yeah. And yeah, I think we see that a lot in, um, I mean, I think in our Western society in particular, but I think, uh, you know, across the world. So I think, you know, my wife was, uh, you know, grew up Catholic, and I know you did too, you know, right? So if, have you gone through confirmation? Have you gone through catechism? Yeah. Have you gone through all of these things? Um, you know, then you're a, a, you're a Catholic, yeah, right? Yeah. But um, all and all those things might be good, but it's not what saves you. It's not what makes you a a, a Christian. No, what makes you a Christian is having a relationship, mm-hmm. and a relationship is not based on the things that I do, right, or the things that I believe. It's based on the person I know. Yeah, yeah. And 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 that's you know the funny thing is, Travis, is that that puts a lot of people off. Sure. I mean, it, it, it makes it sound like, well, that kind of Christianity is saying that we're superior to everyone else. It's not. It's yeah. not. It, Jesus came in order that we could have a relationship. First of all, a restored relationship with the Father, but then a relationship with the Son, and finally a relationship with the Holy Spirit, with the triune God. And that relationship happens when I am born of God. I'm born again of the Spirit of God. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, this is a common 
I would say nowadays, uh, maybe a term that we would call kind of Christianese, kind of church, you know, I'm a born again Christian. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where does, why is this um, not only important, but so critical to our faith, this idea of being born again, um, having a restored relationship with the Father. Why is that so fundamental to being a Christian? Well, it's fundamental because uh, one of the best theologians, one of the holiest, if you will, men in Jerusalem, one of the most revered men in all of Judaism at the time, Nicodemus, came to Jesus and said to Jesus, I've done all the right things. Mm -hmm. I've obeyed all the right laws. It's not there, but it's inferred. And he comes to Jesus and he says, we believe in who you are because of the things that you're doing. In other words, we believe in who you are in your title, in the messianic title. We believe that God sent you, is what he said, because of what we see. Now, if I take that same idea and I take my belief system and impose it on me from that understanding, that would mean that if I believe in who Jesus says he is and I do good things, I emulate what Jesus is doing, that would make me a Christian. And Nicodemus said that very thing to Jesus. Jesus had just finished saying, I'm I'm not going to trust anybody because they're believing in a title and they're believing in the things that I do. They weren't believing in the fact that they had to have a relationship. Mm. And so Nicodemus comes, says the same thing, and Jesus' response was absolutely crystal clear. He says, Nicodemus, unless you are born again, and this is what he said, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You can't have eyes to see what God is doing Mm. unless you're born again. So it presents to us a real problem. This is what Jesus said. It's not what a church is saying or a denomination or even a particular uh, arm of Christianity. It is the words of Jesus. And we have to deal with, again, that lens that we hold up. Here is what he said, and what am I going to do with it? Right. Yeah. And then it goes all the way back to the garden. And you kind of talked about this, you know, sin being embedded and rooted in our hearts, you know, and there's not enough good works that we can do to remove that sin from our hearts. It's something that we're born with and we're born into this. You and I were talking earlier before we started recording this about the the reality of the spiritual realm and mm-hmm. what what that what happens, what's going on before we become Christians. Yeah. Right? And be, yeah. before we're born, we we are in bondage. We're born into this system of of spiritual slavery. Everybody sin. sins. Yeah. And so everybody dies because right. that's what God said back in the garden. Yeah. And if I'm dead, you know, I've often used the illustration, if you ask a dead plumber to get up and fix your sink and you promise him all kinds of other things on the other side, if you'll just get up and fix my sink, he can't do it. Why? Yeah. Because he's dead. You first have to give him new life and then he can do good things. Yeah. And so the idea that I can do enough good things in order to make myself alive to God again, and that's what religion always does. It's not just Christianity that, or, or, or the, uh, a church Christianity that presents that. It's Buddhism. It's Hinduism. It's Islam. Every other major religion says that if you do enough good things, mm. then you will present yourself before God as being holy. And Jesus comes and he says, 
it's no good. You're dead. Yeah. Sin kill. So consequently, I've got to have new life. I can't produce life in myself. I have to have somebody else produce that life. And so humility demands that I go to God and I say, I'm a sinner. What am I saying? I'm not saying I've done bad things. I'm saying I'm a sinner. I'm dead. Mm. I can't do anything of value unless I have new life. And so I'm going to appeal to what you promised you would do, your mercy. Yeah. You're going to give me new life. Yeah. And then I can go about and do the very things that are going to make God happy and my life wonderful. Yeah. I think it was uh, in Isaiah uh, where it says our, our righteous ag- acts are like filthy are rags. Like filthy rags, yeah. yeah. And Paul said the same thing. Mm-hmm. He did. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's one of the things that, um, you know, I've heard you and James, Pastor James both say is that um, the one thing that separates Christian, true Christianity from every other religion is that every other religion is about man reaching up to God to try to please him, yeah. whereas Christianity is about God reaching down to man saying, I want to have a relationship with you. Yeah, religion is man's way to get to God. Right. Christianity is God's way to get to man. Yeah, and I remember one of the elders putting it this way, and it took me a minute to kind of process what he said, but he said, you know, trying to do good things in order to be a good person is putting the cart before the horse. Yeah. You know, we don't yeah. do good things to become a good person. We're a good person through Christ. Like we, when yeah. we have the righteousness of Christ, that's when we can do good things that matter. And, and you know what's, you know what's interesting, Travis, you can never see that mm-hmm. on the other side of a born again experience. Yeah. You can never see how fruitless all of these good works are but they leave you in the end of the day empty because you have to start over the next day. Yeah. And so consequently, when we, when we accept God's wonderful gift of new life, all of a sudden we recognize that this journey, this seeking after this quest to make myself good enough for God mm-hmm. is over. Yeah. It's done. And that's that remarkable understanding that my guilt is gone. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I'm now leaning into the promises that Jesus made on the cross, that he said he would forgive me. He would simply forgive me. Yeah. He would absolve me of all guilt. And now I can start out with a relationship with God that yeah. says, God, what do you want me to do? Now I'm responding to God, not in saying, God, I hope you like what I'm doing. Sure. But God, what is it that you want me to do? How can I please you now? Yeah. And I think that's where you mentioned humility earlier, a second ago. And I think that's where that humility comes in that recognizes I am utterly incapable oh. of, of oh. doing things, doing enough to, to, to be saved. It's all about what Christ has done. Yeah. It's not yeah. at all about what I have done. Yeah. Now, are the good things, you know, we, we just came off of... Um, the, the sermon series on compassion, mm-hmm. right? All of the charity, those are good things. Nobody's, oh, yeah. nobody's arguing or denying that they aren't good things, but when it comes to salvation, it, it's never enough, and it's all about grace. Yes. It's all about yeah. what Christ has done, not yeah. about what we can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and again, uh, the, the whole idea of, of should we feed, the, should we feed the, the, uh, 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 those that don't have food, should we provide shelter for those who don't have shelter? Absolutely. The scripture yeah. says that very thing. Right. Like Jesus comes and he says at one point to the people, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty 
and, and, you, and you gave me drink. I was naked, and you clothed me. And they said, well, when did we do this, Jesus? What, if you did it to the least of these. So it's not absolving ourselves from good works. Right. But it really is getting the cart before the horse, isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, because any time that you find somebody who's really just doing good works, what is the emphasis? Aren't I a good person? Right. But when I am first responding out of the love of God, it's not that way. It's I'm doing this because this is what Jesus would do. Mm-hmm. And that becomes what is, that becomes the real born again experience. Yeah. And I think just in our discussion, I find it interesting that on the flip side of the coin, the, I, the, the reality, I'll say, the truth of being born again is so beautiful and mysterious and wonderful and miraculous. God, Jesus said with God, the, the disciples said, well, how is how, it possible how, how is that it possible? anybody can be saved? And Jesus said, with man, it's impossible, but with yeah. God, anything's possible. So yeah. this this reality, this truth of being born again is so wonderful and mysterious. It's interesting that we often camp out there at salvation and we stop there. We just focus on salvation sometimes. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, and yet... The, the second part, the next step is what you were just saying is go out and good, do good deeds. Yes, the yes. filling of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I know you're going to be speaking on yeah. that here in a couple yeah. weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, the power of the Holy Spirit to do good things, to bear fruit, to do what Jesus did and even greater things is right. what, you know, Jesus says in the Bible. That's the right. next part. But it has to begin being born again. It's yeah. got to start there. And, and, it's, and it's interesting because if there's one truth that the devil wants to lie about it's being born again Mm. if there's one truth that the devil wants to put into and the and this is the devil i was reading this morning in uh john 13 and it's and it's it doesn't the scriptures don't defend what the scripture says yeah and it just says that satan entered into judas at the last supper he it's just a comment there's no defense it's this is a fact the bible says that the devil is the father of lies and if it's one thing that the devil wants to lie about it's this whole idea that i must be born again it is such a simple process it doesn't take any work what it takes is a giving up of my pride in order to come to jesus and accept from him the good gift that he has we took your family to lunch. Yeah, yeah. And and little Hattie, uh, when I was trying to help her with her taco, do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to do it myself. I do it myself. No, nope, I don't want any you help. Know, you know, and that's us, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Lord, I want to do it. My, I want to prove to you, Lord, yeah. that I can do it myself. And we can't. We can't. Yeah. We're dead. Yeah. We can't get up and fix the sink yep. until we have new life. New life. And so consequently, this whole idea is it's this wonderful, wonderful uh, gift that Jesus came to give to us. Yeah. And that's why it was so remarkable with Nicodemus. Because here Nicodemus comes. And again, Jesus, obviously, he knew who this person was. He knew that this was one of the premier mm-hmm. Jews of that day. And he knew it. Yeah. He was a statesman. He was a gu- he was a part of the governing board. He was an intellectual. He was the teacher of Israel. And Jesus comes when it's all said and done, and he says, "Nicodemus, you have to be born again." Nicodemus didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people don't get it today. Right. 
I know that Nicodemus did get it. You know, a lot of a lot of stones thrown at Nicodemus, but it was Nicodemus that went and got the body of Jesus. Right. Yeah. You know, we see him he, pop up later in the story. Yes, he yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. I have no doubt that he knew not just Jesus as a miracle worker, mm-hmm. but he knew Jesus as the Son of God. Yeah, and I think that's something that we all have to come to a point of saying, all right. I'm faced with this reality of Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. wh- who, what am I going to? Because even the Bible says every devil in hell believes yes, in Jesus. Yes, and that's trembles. not the that's not the point, right? You know, yeah. You see that that was the point that Jesus was making just before Nicodemus showed up. Mm-hmm. That the people believed in the name. In the name, what was the name? The name of Jesus was not Jesus. The name of Jesus was Messiah, miracle worker, great teacher. Uh, the the guy who uh, who ran roughshod around the Pharisees that was the, they were believing right. in the things that he did yes and in the wonders in the miracles that he performed but not in who he was mm-hmm. not in who he was he was the son of God yeah and he was the savior of the world he was here to give us new life to be born again mm-hmm. not a not just a do-over, not try again, but new life completely. And it's no coincidence that in this story of Jesus and Nicodemus, we get the full context and the full picture of one of the most well-known scriptures in the entire world, John three sixteen. Yes, you yes. know that's the context in which yes. we get this amazing thing. And so, yeah. not only I mean that's a great scripture in and of itself, but to see it in the full picture of this conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus oh my just really paints. The full picture. Right, right. For God so loved the world that he sent his son. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So be born again. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Be born again. And that kind of brings me just in in starting to kind of wrap up here, taking this a little bit into the, a little bit more of a practical, if if somebody's watching this or listening to this saying, I I need to be born again, what does that process look like? Oh, gosh. Thank you for asking, Travis. It's so simple. The Bible says that we have to repent. What does repent mean? Repent means to, to a change of mind that results in a change of direction. It doesn't just re- mean repent of my sins. Here's the things that I did wrong. I went to confessionals all my young life and repented of the things that I did wrong. The problem is not what we do wrong. The problem is not that I sin, but that I am a sinner. And repentance means to go to God and to tell God what he knows and what I know. And that is this, I am a sinner and I need what Jesus provided for me. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me of my guilt, to come in and live inside of me because from this day forth, I want to live for you. And then the great declaration. Now I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. I'm born again. Now I'm on my way to heaven. Yeah. It is that simple. It, yeah, it is. It, I mean, that's when we can make that statement, just like the, the, the loving father, the prodigal son, I was dead. Now yes. I'm alive. Yeah. I was blind. Now I see. Yeah. Yeah. And what did the prodigal son did? He came back and he repented. Right. And, and he never even got the words out before his father smothered yeah. him with kisses. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And it really does show the, the love of the father oh, that just gosh. wants all of his children to come home. Yes. He bids everybody to come back. And yes. so it is, it really is the free gift for anybody who would receive it. So. Anyone. 
Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking some time oh, uh, out of your day to talk yeah. about this. Yeah. It was a great message. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to or watch uh, Sunday Sermon, you can do so on our YouTube channel, on our website. Uh, you can listen to the audio on your favorite podcast platform. And we hope that you got something out of uh, our conversation today in Monday Moments. And if you have, let us know. We would love to hear from you. Uh, and if you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing. We want to be sure to bring you uh, fresh content like this um, every time it's posted. So if you hit subscribe and the little bell icon next to it, you'll be notified every time we upload a new episode. Thank you so much again for joining us for another episode of Monday Moments. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.